You are listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as the other show I do, How to Stan, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com and subscribe to my newsletter at howtostan.substack.com. K-pop interviews, album reviews, and more. Subscribing is free, but if you want to continue to support my work, feel free to donate. Click the support the show button on the homepage at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Hi everybody, welcome back to the show. Today, stuff to look forward to, because if this planet is just really going all to heck, at least we have good media content to keep us entertained on the way there. So if this year ends up being a sad repeat of last year, I encourage you all to find some things to look forward to still. So that's what this episode will focus on, and of course, my big predictions. Number one on this list of 17 things, not K-pop related, but still, a Miku animated series is coming. In partnership with Krypton Future Media, Graphic India, and Carlin West Agency, who are known for working on Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, etc., and executive produced by Krypton Media's CEO, Miku's Creators Company. The statement about the show release said, quote, Miku's fans will be able to experience a new original series and enter the story of the Miku-verse that will combine live action, animation, and music. We believe we have found a new way to create an original animated series that stays true to the essence of Miku, who is a perfect vessel for creativity and unlimited opportunities for artistic expression, unquote. Look, I know a lot of people have their gripes with Miku, but she's actually a very cool concept, and is a vessel. Her voice box is public domain by choice, so fans can do what they want with it and create so much art and music with it, using her as their writing prompt, essentially, and as their literal voice. I break it down much more in an early episode of How to Stan called Miku Holograms and a Redefining of Reality, She's a lot cooler than you think, and what fans do with Miku is very cool to see, and I hope fan contributions continue to be an instrumental part of this character's development even into the TV space. Number two, some big potential collabs. Late last year, BB Rexa revealed on an Instagram Live that she wrote a demo for BTS in an early draft phase, but she said she wrote it for them. Don't forget that. Some of BB Rex's stuff, like especially All Your Fault, part one, definitely would love to hear at least a Yeonjun cameo on a remix for that. That'd be a really fun, unexpected, edgy, impressive thing they could pull off. I will also note that right before RM went back to Korea, after the 2021 end of year promotions they did in the USA, he was spotted recording in LA. Just saying, could have been up to a special collab. I also predict this year that Blackpink will have a lot going on in terms of collaborations. Now, if that means the collaborations will come out this year, it's hard to tell with their company and the constant delays. But I do think they will make and record a lot with other artists this year. I also predict there will be some more big three or more artist collaborations and big cross-cultural ones, big international ones, like with Eric Nam's Echo last year with Arman Malik and Kashmir. People from different continents teaming up on songs. I think that's just going to become more and more common this year and forevermore, really. Number three, some exciting group debuts. The new girl group from JYP Entertainment is coming, lots of buzz around them, as well as a new girl group from HYBE called ADORE, A-D-O-R. 
Plus there's Girls Planet 999, who debuted the group Kepler, and some other contestants from that show are forming a group that will debut in March. Then there is Unha, Shinbi, and Umji from G-Friend, who will form a new three-piece girl group under Big Planet Made. This is the company Hasan Woon just signed with and that Soyu is signed with. So I would love to and expect collabs with Soyu and or Hasan Woon in this trio of G-Friend members. Number four. Although the live musical space is, the timeline of it is very up in the air because of COVID, the current plan is still for IU show Hotel de Luna to become a stage musical airing sometime this year. Probably later in the year, but very cool. Would love to have Taeyeon perform his OST live. At least one night of the show is a fun surprise. Just throwing that out into the universe. Number five, new programming. I Can See Your Voice remakes have been greenlit for not just the U.S., but now Canada, France, and Belgium. Street Woman Fighter spinoffs are on the way, Street Dance Girls Fighter, and Street Man Fighter coming this summer, more Kingdom, and don't forget the Tableau signed a contract last year with Amazon and is set to produce a comedy show called Neon Machine, so stay tuned for that. Number six, more tours and live shows. Monster X, ATs, Twice, Eric Nam, Ghost Nine, Ravi and Company, BTS, possibly, I sure hope so. Just some of the many artists who are set to tour the USA this year. Epic High, NCT 127, set to go on a world tour. As for my fellow J pop stands, Bandmade said that more info TBA about a 2022 USA tour from them. And Perfume is set to perform at this year's Primavera Soundfest. As of recording time, these tours have not been announced, so please note that if the tour announcement comes before this episode is out, please know as of recording time that was not the case. But here are my big predictions for tours this year, besides what I just listed. We can expect, I think, overseas tours from N-Hyphen, Everglow, Treasure, Alexa, some members of 88 Rising, maybe BB, Espa, Wusun and or his band The Rose, and Seventeen. Really, 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 really cannot stress enough how much I'm crossing my fingers for Seventeen. Number seven. Some artists are sticking with YG Entertainment, so we can expect some big things from them this year, but a lot of Blackpink's plans, I think, are going to be delayed until at least summer. They should release an album this year in a world tour, allegedly, but you know how their timelines are. But from YG this year, I would expect Jisoo to have her solo debut. Honestly, probably not till May. And then summer for Blackpink as a group, or vice versa. Not for a while. You can probably expect announcements related to Blackpink before that, maybe tour news before that, probably another merch drop announcement. But as for real music from them, I don't know if we'll get that for a long time. But Winner renewed their contracts with YG for five more years, as did ACMU. So, plus Treasure has a big year, I think, ahead of them. So, big stuff from that company, even if we have to wait for it. Hopefully it will be worth it. And it does seem like YG Entertainment wants to really push into the world of in-person experiences for fans. They are opening up this new space called The Same for more in-person fan events of sorts. Number eight. Hybe's big plans. 
VLive just last year surpassed 100 million global downloads. Plus, VLive and Weverse are starting this merger into one platform after a deal was struck between Naver and Big Hit Entertainment. But yet, Big Hit is also teaming up with a few other companies for this global separate live stream platform, Venu Live, which will probably make good use of the company Big Hit just invested in. They invested approximately 4 billion won, which is like 3.6 million USD in Supertone. That's the AI company that previously added to this voice restoration technology for Mnet and SBS shows. Yeah, so what that means is they may be investing in AI to restore voices of early generation K-pop acts or something like that. Or just do hologram type things. Look, they're just advancing in the tech world, okay? (laughs) Then they also have this new girl group on the way, Adore, and probably some interesting marketing changes to how they promote their acts. Because BTS moved from Columbia to Universal Music Group, which reportedly came after this years-long effort to woo the executives at HYBE to get them to move to UMG. And apparently the Columbia CEO never even met with Mr. Bang, just seemed totally uninterested. And remember, this all happened back in 2018, so we can't just say the pandemic stopped him from meeting with Mr. Bang. Anyway, so this new Gen Z group is coming. They're looking for singers, rappers, dancers, and producers for it, and it will be from UMG. Hive artists also have their webtoon components coming with them, which draw from Korean folklore, among other things. They're also set to debut a new Japanese boy band through a new TV show, which you can watch globally if you have YouTube. A BTS computer game is coming that they helped create, as well as updates to Weavers and a potential cryptocurrency collaboration we're going to talk about in a future episode, because I have more to say about that. HYBE's one-year net profit increased this year 81.86%. 81.86. This year, with Webtoons, new investments in technology, imagine what the growth will be. Relatedly, number nine is about this heated-up tech competition into the metaverse space. These K-pop companies have all been trying to say they're the one that's been the most ahead of the game when it comes to the metaverse, and they all kind of have been. But the Universe app, I think, is really interesting because it was kind of a slow, slow burn, and now it's like surpassed 10 million downloads. I mean, it's always been popular, but for Universe as an app to gain such recognition and become a go-to hub, kind of like Weavers, but for different artists, so quickly is interesting. So Weaver's alternatives like that will probably continue to try to get their shine. Then there's SM and JYP Entertainment teaming up for the Dear You Bubble platform. It's interesting, so I think these partnerships are showing that this will not just be a year for more metaverse engagement, but companies forming these alliances with other companies to team up and share technology, create new apps for their own shared metaverse experience. Like with ESPA, KDA, etc., I do think the future will have more virtual groups. Since late last year, Riot Games started this music label just for virtual characters, with KDA officially on their roster, as well as the metal group Pentakill, and actually just a week or two ago, as of recording time, SM Entertainment had a virtual artist team up with Hitchhiker for a song. I think this is just bound to happen more and more. Like I actually talk about in that Miku episode of How to Stand, it's actually way cooler and less creepy than you think it is to engage with virtual characters so much. 
There's something very cool about this new underexplored realm. My other big tech prediction is that online concerts will still be a thing. Long after the pandemic, throughout this year and next, just the live stream option, I think, I hope it becomes a new normal. It's just easier, it opens up access to concerts for people with less money, less travel ability, etc. And it's a cool way to feel united with, not just with that crowd, but people tuning in from all over the world. Now, do I think virtual shows would ever replace in-person shows? No. There's something just magical about the in-person live music experience you can never recreate. But I do think the digital version of shows will continue to be a worthwhile to viewers alternative when needed for logistical reasons. Number 10, both more answers and a lot more questions about the SMCU. The SM Entertainment Culture Universe, aka Cinematic Universe, given that they started off this year during the New Year's Eve show with all that teaser content, with tons of Easter eggs, and things that turned out my tinfoil hat theorist inside of me, I think that's going to keep happening all year. Those little snippets of information about the SMCU that raise both answers and questions again. I would expect more world building all year. With each event online they host, some more snippets of information to save for later with your theorizing will come out. For more on the SMCU, shameless plug, one of my latest episodes is called Espa and Quania 101. That is a good refresher for you. Number 11. I really think the resurgence of vampire popularity is here to stay this year. I really hope so. Maybe this is just my wishful thinking, but I'm loving it. NCT's Vampire, even Stray Kids with Up All Night a bit last year. Plus then there's N-Hyphen's concept, N-Hyphen's Webtoon concept. I just really wish and hope the vampire renaissance continues. I think this world is moving so fast, and pop culture-wise it is too, that reliving Twilight nostalgia does feel like nostalgia already. Just a decade or so is enough to make you feel like, wowzers, that is nostalgic. That is a fun part of youth to revisit and relive. Because the past few years have just been this big collective trauma to live through that I think we as people just really want to reconnect with the thoughts and feelings and experiences of pre-COVID life. Which includes watching Twilight, thinking of vampires as the most attractive and alluring things ever, etc. So if not vampires specifically, I do think the supernatural themes, maybe werewolves, ghosts, will continue to be explored because I do think the public really wants that escapism right now of something supernatural, something that feels either like a real fear we can confront in the non-threatening environment of music video watching or a fear that reminds us our fears can be irrational and it's all not worth worrying about. So maybe not jump scares, but goofy scares. I hope are here to stay for quite a while. All right, let's start my artist to keep your eyes on. Keep notes if you want to roast me later in the year if this is all wrong, but here are my predictions for who will really be making it big on the global stage in 2022. The artists to watch that I really think are just having a moment. I'm going to go through them and then break down some reasons. Sorry, Jun Somi, Eric Nam, Gaho, P1 Harmony, Espa, Kepler, Ive, Billy, Momoland, Stray Kids, Treasure, and Solo got seven members. So number 12 on my list is Gaho. 
He's a Spotify radar artist to watch. He's really been showing his unique shine outside of PLT projects, just kind of doing his own thing. And you know how much I was obsessed with Rush Hour last year. Most binge listened to song, according to my Spotify wrapped. He really has something special and artistic to show the world. 13 on my list is ones to watch, sorry. The only Korean artist in Vivo's 2022's list of artists to watch. Plus, she just keeps having collabs galore with Ege, TXT, Gemini, Geary Boy, Moonbyul. Probably more by the time this episode is out. She's just really building up anticipation for her solo work through all these collabs. Number 14, P1 Harmony. Because I think that their newest album especially really shows their uniqueness and crossover potential. I think they could have some big collabs this year. They really, really made it big in the U.S. last year. Were really recognized by Western publications more than I expected. I do also really like their world-building, metaverse-adjacent storyline, their origin story. They've got an interesting world that I think could have a global, globally interested audience. So keep your eyes on them. Then there are rookie groups like Kepler, who are just already breaking so many records. Their album already sold over 150 copies. That was actually on just day one, which made history on the Hanteo charts. Sold over 200k copies in the first week. They already announced their fandom name, which is pretty early. And Kim Chaehyun, one of the members, is a new MC of the show. Really, already their career is taking off. The excitement was really hyped, and accidentally, unfortunately, part of the reason for the hype was probably that the debut kept getting pushed back because of COVID and quarantine needs and all that. So it is what it is, but at least all's well that ends well, I guess, and they are really getting to shine. IVE is also a rookie group to keep your eyes on because they've just been smashing records, gaining so much attention for their two-song discography. I guess some groups just have the it factor. I think Treasure is one of those groups as well. Stray Kids has just been building on their momentum so much. Ever since God's Menu, I've said this before and I'll say it again, it's kind of like pre and post God's Menu is how you can split up Stray Kids' career. And everything since God's Menu has just been next level. Music critic reception-wise, fan response-wise, true just objective music quality growth-wise, very exciting stuff for them. Oh, I also have BB on this list. I don't know if I said that before, but I think BB has something really special. Very quirky storytelling. I've talked about her on some Best of the Month episodes before. Most recently, Pado. She actually just dropped the video for The weekend. a video that's basically of Wednesday Adams tried music, tried like dabbling in an R&B pop blend. It's supernatural. It's fun. Again, it has that spooky theme resurgence. I think BB is where it's at. Jen Somi, I think, is also showing some global fame potential. Her songs like Anymore and XOXO, I can just picture young people all over the world having sleepover singing that song, having dance parties to it, treating her as the queen that she is, looking up to her, rocking out to her music, and that's a very happy thought. I think this is a big year for Eric Nam because he's independent now. And I think that actually makes more people gravitate to his music now, because it's still the same Eric Nam sound, only on his own terms more. And I think that makes people root for him more, maybe become more passionate fans of him because of it. He's got this smooth, jam-filled new album as well he's going to tour this year. And, you know, if he even wants a little more of a push publicity-wise, 
the invitation I've extended since like 2018, 2019 is still open. Feel free to come on the show anytime, Eric Nam. Anyway. The GOT7 solo members are really just blowing my mind with how much they're already releasing, even after just one comeback. Like, Mark released his single Last Breath, and then, just as of recording time earlier today, dropped news about a new single coming. JB just dropped an EP, and then he already has a new collab out with Junie. Jackson Wayne just dropped a project with Pan the Pack, his group, and then he already announced a new solo single. Bam Bam is coming back and was just announced as the global ambassador for the Golden State Warriors, so they are just really thriving right now. Keep your eyes on ESPA, because again, I think the SMCU and in general the artists invested in world building, that will pay off this year. That's what people want. That helps your group stand out and helps the fandom develop an emotional attachment to the artist that lingers. And I also think Billy is worth keeping an eye out for that. I think they're a really underrated girl group with a really interesting Nancy Drew meets Buddy the Elf, I guess, meets like three other movie references combined. They have a very interesting cinematic story going. It's spooky. It's like a murder mystery, but also not. They don't know if the person they're searching for is alive or not. It's suspenseful. It's fun. It's interesting. It's new, immersive to watch. So Billy is definitely an underrated group. And then there's Momoland, who, despite lawsuits and stuff, we've talked about that before on the show, I do think their company really wants this international push to work for them. And their upcoming collab with Naughty Natasha, I think, could really be huge for them. Their collab with Chromance last year was huge. I think collabs is where it's at, where their most success will come from. I mean, on their own, you just can never top Boom Boom or Bam. Those were like their two chef's kiss solo singles, so I think collabs are where they should stick for now. Don't bother topping those songs. Alright, so here's a quick recap of my thoughts for this year. Get excited for a Miku animated series, as well as other programming. Delayed but still exciting when it finally shows up. Releases from YG Entertainment. Webtoons and other new releases from Hybe. Lots of tours, TV programming, a Hotel de Luna musical, some exciting potential collabs, heated up metaverse space, some big group debuts, the resurgence in vampire-esque concepts, more answers about the SMCU, and yes, I made it to the number 17 on this list by grouping certain artists to watch together on the list. Don't sue me, I just needed to get to 17. So anyway. The artists to watch include Gaho, Sori, BB, P1 Harmony, Eric Nam, Jun Somi, Espa, Kepler, Ive, Billy, Momoland, Got7 Treasure, and Stray Kids. And I'm going to be quite proud of myself if those predictions pan out. They did last year with Espa and Everglow, so... Alright, that is it for now. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and I'll talk to you all again super soon. Bye, everyone.